Well, six years ago this week, we introduced twin 11-year-old brothers who needed a home. This past Wednesday night, they graduated from Westwood High School. And one of the brothers gave a graduation speech and told a story of pain and courage and accomplishment. One Christmas morning, this boy jumped out of bed full of the joy and excitement that young children have in that special day. However, when he looked up at his big brothers and sisters, he saw tears in their eyes. He then knew the unavoidable as his sister looked down at him and softly said, Mama is dead. Mama is dead. A hard time indeed for twin brothers not yet in their teen years. A time made even harder when they and their ten brothers and sisters were split up. Soon after, he was sent to a foster home where he did find housing and food. But love was not there. He would sometimes go into his bedroom and just cry, thinking that he did not belong. The one thing these boys wanted was to be placed together, if possible, in a new home. They shared a special bond and encouraged each other in developing their own talents. Jean-Pierre loved sports, all kinds of sports, and John Noel had an eye for art and music. Eleven months later, Channel 12's Worst Than Our Child profiled him as a boy seeking adopted parents. He was soon adopted by a family who bestowed upon him love, confidence, and the desire to achieve the impossible. And considering the odds, these brothers have done well. Jean-Pierre is an athlete, a good one. He plans to compete in college. Jean Noel is still the artist. He won an art scholarship and plans to continue his studies at ASU. He also has a little politics in him. This year, he was student body president at Westwood High. Most of their fellow students weren't aware of their past life. A lot of people, they don't know that we've been adopted and it's, you know, like in Tucson, you know, we have a different family life, and then now up here we have a different family life, and a lot of people don't really know that, but our family life has been really great. I mean, we've learned lots of good values, and, and it's been great, it really has. What about your parents? They're fantastic. Um, I don't think there's any word that can explain what they've done for us, because they're just that kind of people. You know, we've had our ups and downs, sure, but through all of that, they got us here, and I think that says enough. That does say it all. You know, the parents have eight children and six of them are adopted. Good, good people. That is the news. Join Kansas County at Channel 12 News at 6. We'll see you at 6. What a great story. And um, John Wells hardly changed, has he? He looks uh, just about, about the same. We're so blessed to have the Thompson family here at Landmark so we can see the, the power of adoption. And when you see a, a young man adopted at that point in his life and to see the spiritual uh, truths that were instilled in them, that, that he probably would not have been a Christian and not been what had happened in that adoption. And now to see him as a great leader here in our church, in our community, in Faulkner University. But what a great, great blessing. And then just have Howard and Donna here with us. And Jimmy Dobbs says they were actually the first adoptive family through Agape years ago. And that prepares us today to to want to give generously and to want to get involved. You know, later in our service, we're going to take up our collection. You know, our goal today is to take up sixty three thousand dollars. That's our minimum. What we want is everything over just regular budget to go toward adoption and helping families and helping agape. So I hope you're prepared to give generously. If you're not, you've got about twenty five minutes to get prepared. All right. So um, it could be a great, great thing. You know, this is a this is a challenging thing to take upon yourself a child. L life can sometimes be 
I mean, it can be a drain to serve. I and mean, we, we can sit and we can applaud this and we can hear the great stories. But behind these great stories, a lot of work. And sometimes we wonder why we do it. I, I like the story of this uh, family. They invited some other families over for Sunday dinner. And they'd been working really hard at it. And it had been a little stressful. And they finally sat down at the table and everything was prepared. And, and the mom asked the little boy if he would lead the prayer. And the little boy sort of hesitated, and the mom could tell he was a little bit uncomfortable leading the prayer. And so she just leaned over to him and said, son, just say what you hear mommy say. And then he started his prayer. Dear Lord, what was I thinking when we invited all these folks over to our house for lunch? <laughs> yeah, sometimes we wonder, what were we thinking? And guys, let let me give you your first blank in your outline this morning if you're taking notes. Service is draining unless you have a sufficient why. you got to know why you're doing this. Whether you're down at the food pantry downtown serving, or you're teaching a child's class here at our church, or whether you are going to prison to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you don't have a why behind it, it begins to be a drudgery. And you think about, especially when we talk about adoption and foster care, I mean, that's a handful. I was reading this week about a, a family that adopted a lot of children along with their biological children. They had about 10 children, and the lady would take the kids often, you know, to the park down in their neighborhood. And, um, you know, she said she'd always get this question, are all of these your children, or is this just a neighborhood picnic? And, and her answer was... Yes, they're all my children, and no, this is no picnic. It's a challenge. And can you imagine? Uh, here's what I, I appreciate so much about adoptive families. They're under no obligation to do this. They don't have to take these children on. Legally, if you have a biological child and you don't take care of them and you don't provide for them, you could end up in prison. But for these orphan children, there is no great obligation. And so this morning, we want to look and see what is it that gives us the why behind this. Go to Galatians chapter 3 with me, and and, and we're going to look at a a text together. In, In context here, The Apostle Paul is trying to convince the Galatians of how much better the new law is to the old law, and how much better grace is to legalism, and how much better faith is than trying to work for your salvation. And by the time we get to verse 26 in Galatians 3, he's trying to explain what the purpose of the law was. Some of your Bibles say it was a tutor to lead us to Christ. It it was a Roman term of a guardian that you would hire that would take your child from your home to the school. That's what they did. Their their job was not to teach the child. Their job was just to get the child to the point where they needed to be. And that's what Paul says was the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was simply to get us to a place where we knew we needed a Savior and we could not save ourselves. And then he starts talking about the good news. Verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all of you who are united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. He says, when you came to faith in Christ, you became to be one with him. Now, Paul does not have the battle that we have in some of our religious circles between faith and baptism. In fact, you've got a parallel statement here. You came to God through faith, and then you're baptized. 
Paul doesn't believe that baptism is an addition to faith. Paul believes that baptism is an expression of faith. And the beautiful thing there is when you come out of the water, you are now clothed with Jesus. And then he says this, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. It changes our relationship. There's no longer a pecking order. Can you imagine how radical this was in the first century to say to a bunch of Jewish people and Gentile people, there is no distinction to say to slaves and those who are owners, it's no different. It was radical. It's radical for us today. And there in verse 29, and now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. He's saying before the old law, there was the promise given to Abraham. And now it's being fulfilled. You Christians, whether you're Jewish or Gentile, male or female, whether you're slave or free, you are heirs to the promises of Abraham. And then look as he gets into chapter 4. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his children, his young children, those children are not better off than slaves until they grow up even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. Literally what it means there, we were slaves to just the basic ABCs, but we didn't get the deeper truth. But in Christ we did. Oh, I love verse 4 is we hear the gospel. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Oh, what a great blessing here. Boy, you hear the gospel in a nutshell there, don't you? You hear the incarnation You see Jesus was under the law. You you hear there of the perfection of Jesus in fulfilling and keeping the law perfectly. And then you see him as our sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice to buy our freedom. But not just freedom from the law, but freedom for God to adopt us as his children. And then listen to verse 6. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. I'm telling you, as you read these verses, it just gets better and better and better. Now here's the three points of our outline today. Very, very simple. He cared, he did. We, the body of Christ, we care, we do. And the final challenge is for each of us. I care and I do. Let's talk about he cared and he did. There were two key words in the passage we just studied. There's the word justified, and there's the word adopted. Now, the word justified is a a legal term. It means that you have been made just before the law. My favorite definition of justification is just as if it never happened, just as you've never sinned. The, the, the picture here is if you come in before a courtroom with all of your sins and God the judge bringing the gavel down and pronouncing you not guilty, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now understand this, God had no obligation to do that. He took us on simply because of his love. 
But it doesn't stop with being justified. We are justified, but here's what we've got to embrace this morning. We are also adopted. We're adopted into his family. Because we tend to emphasize our justification. We talk a lot about being justified. We don't use that word. We say we're saved. We're right with God. That's beautiful. But let me tell you, I think it might be even more beautiful to say, I'm a part of God's family. I've been adopted as his son and his daughter. You see, think, think about our scene again. You're before the judge. It would be awesome for the judge to bring the gavel down and pronounce you not guilty. But the gospel takes further steps. Not only does the judge say you're not guilty, he invites you to be adopted in his home. And when you come to the home, the relationship is so intimate that you call him Abba, Daddy. And it's so awesome that you have the full rights of inheritance. Listen to me. God did not want Jesus to be an only child. And so he adopted you into the family. And you have the full rights and the full inheritance that even Jesus Christ has. It's a beautiful thing. Now, here's the cool thing about Christian adoption and justification. The picture in Roman culture at this time, they didn't adopt babies. They didn't adopt young children. They would only adopt a child who had grown into their teenage years and who had proven himself or herself to be worthy of adoption. That's the beautiful thing about what the gospel is. You do not prove yourself to be worthy of adoption. It's not about you getting it all right. It's about him justifying you. And in your justification, then he is able to adopt you. And that's why I love this quotation by J.I. Packer. Adoption is the highest blessing of the gospel, higher even than justification. My friends, I think we need to learn not just on this Sunday, but in our daily life to think about the intimacy, the inheritance, the blessing, the warmth of not just being legally saved, but being adopted into a family. So that's the God we serve. Now, here's our second point. We care and we do. You see, we begin to express the heart of God. Listen to what James says to us in James 1 verse 27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. You see, he cared, but he didn't just care. It's one thing to care. It's another thing to do. It's one thing to say, boy, I hate that these people are lost and fatherless. It's another thing to do something about it. He did. And now, as his body, we do the same. That's the next point. As his body, we do what he did. Oh, I love some of the the passages from the Old Testament that reflect the heart of God. Our love, our adoption ministry is called the Father's heart. I don't think there could be a better Better description. It says in Psalm first chapter 68, he is the father to the father, fatherless. Psalms 149, the Lord watches over the fatherless and the widows. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 
He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widows. Now, now why do we keep seeing this fatherless and widows put together? What you saying? God has a special heart, a special ministry to the people in our culture, in our world, who are most defenseless, who are most vulnerable to life. You recognize today that there are 153 million orphan children in our world. That's almost half the population of America. And in our country today, there are 300,000 children in foster care. And so as his body, and I like what our Father's Heart Ministry says, one child at a time, we do what he did. We reflect his heart. Now, here's the cool thing. That's why I love this body analogy that we're a part of right now in this sermon series about body in motion. Here's a great point. As his body, we have different roles. We have different roles. Here's the great news as we talk about this morning. Everybody in this audience is not going to be called to adopt, but you can be a part of it. Everyone here is not going to be a foster parent, but you could assist I love the story when Greg and Rayla Black adopted their two beautiful children. And just as they describe in detail, all the different people, especially in their life group, who played a role in that adoption, who played a role in their care for these children. Guys, that's how the body works. Oh, yeah, we do what Jesus did, but it's not about you as an individual going out and doing what Jesus did. It's about us as the body of Christ doing what Jesus did how we're called. And so that brings us to our last point this morning. I care, and therefore, I do. And so our our question today is, what role are you called to play? You know, here's what I believe. I believe if you'd pray about it, and I'll pray about it, that God will lead us. I think of some of the great stories. I think of Shanna Phillips, who says, as a teenage girl, before she ever met her husband or was married or thought about children, God had put on her heart that she would one day adopt. That was just one of her life's missions. I think of another family who four years ago, on this Sunday, hearing the stories of adoptions and the beauty of those families, was convicted in this service that they would adopt. I think of a young family among us right now who's working toward adoption, that God planted that at the birth of their first child. As they were in the hospital, the father told me he's holding his newborn baby And he hears God almost audibly say to him, you will love your adopted child every bit as much as you love this boy. Because I believe that God will lead us to do what we need to do. I don't know what role you may play. You might join the Father's Heart Ministry as a support to that. Today, I can't help but stop for a moment and think about Chad and Betsy Emerson, who years ago were a big part of starting this movement here in our church. They've now moved to Huntsville, Alabama, and we miss them greatly. But Mari, as they adopted and as they began this ministry, God used them in a powerful way. So let me give you some things that you could do today to be a part of this. First of all, you could give generously today. 
Like I mentioned earlier, our goal in just a moment is to take up $63,000. I don't know what kind of check you brought. I don't know if you need to, uh, or if you didn't bring a check and you need to get it out right now and start preparing to give. You've got that opportunity. Or maybe you need to tear up the check you brought because you want to be a part of this kind of ministry. I mean, you know, all of us have grown up watching Haley Todd grow up and we go, wow, that's a great story. We love the Thompsons and we think, man, that shows the power of what can happen. So if we could give give generously today, it would be a great thing. If you didn't bring something, you can always get it to the church office this week. Now, there's going to be some other opportunities you're going to have in just a few moments. You could join what's called the Agape Care Club. I'll describe that in detail in a moment. You could provide meals for families that are uh, adopting. That's a great ministry. We have a new ministry called the Father's Heart Closet. They've gone back to one of our barns back here. They've cleared out an area. It's so well organized. And we want to be the place in Montgomery, Alabama, where anybody who's adopting or has foster children, and they bring them to their home and they don't have clothes. And they, they, they have a hard time providing those clothes. They can come to our Father's Heart Closet and they can get the the clothes that they need. And you'll have a specific way that you could volunteer to be a part of that and bring that next Sunday. Or today you may actually be interested in becoming an adoptive or a foster parent. Maybe you're the one this Adoption Sunday that God is moving in your heart. So, first thing we're going to do is take up this collection. And so I hope you're preparing yourself for that. But I I want you again to just get another great picture of what this means, all right? So I want to ask the Daprich family if they would come up here. They're one of our most recent adoption families. Already an incredible, beautiful family. Here we go, Daryl. I just want you to see, see this picture. And I want you to see our man Joshua. Come here, Joshua. Can I see you, buddy? Oh, man. I got to teach him a couple months ago in Wednesday night. He is quite the energetic young man. Have y'all found that out? He and talks about Buddy probably more than he talks about me at home. So <laughs> we had a good time together. He is an g- incredible young man. And what a, a wonderful family. I mean, I mean appearance-wise, they've got a full family, wouldn't you say? And yet, here they are willing to take this incredible young man into their family. And so, Daryl, if you want to say a couple words and then pray over our offering, then we'll pass our offering plates. Sure. I... Uh jumped at this opportunity because I wanted to express and really just make a a plea to the church and talk about how important this service, uh, this role, this Sunday, and this church body has been to the process of adoption for our family and how God can use just one day uh, to even change hearts that are very hardened towards adoption. I'm just going to speak very truthfully about that. as Buddy said, Josh was, was placed with us, it'll be a year in December, which is amazing, uh, that he's been in our home and been a part of our family. And three years ago on Adoption Sunday, like it is a lot of times in most of our lives, and husbands uh, can relate to this, Julie had had on her heart that she wanted to adopt. Julie was adopted, as most of you know. Uh, Polly and Ken adopted her. And uh, on Adoption Sunday three years ago, they showed a video montage. And in that video, uh, her father, Ken, was holding her. And um, at that time, Polly was, was pretty sick. Uh, Polly passed away 
fairly shortly after that. And uh, I got to thinking, Julie had been sharing with me and wanting me to consider adoption, and I just was not there. Uh, Like most probably men and husbands, I I thought of finances and I thought of time. How much more time can I give and how much more finances? And it just a lot of things were really running through my head. And yet the Lord just kept pricking my heart on that. And, And, you know, one of the things about marriage a godly marriage, it's amazing. You know, 20 years ago, 20 years ago next week, me and Julie stood right here and got married. And in that process, if there's anything I've learned, is that I'm slow on a lot of things that the Lord wants our family to do. And I think that's the wonderful thing about marriage is that they, your weaknesses become her strengths and vice versa. So I just wasn't ready. And then after Adoption Sunday and Agape Sunday and watching that, that video, I got to thinking about how my life would be so different had Ken and Polly not made that decision. That one decision to adopt Julie changed my life with my wife, with my children, my church family. There's so many blessings in my life of friends that, wow, was I affected by that one couple's decision. And that really opened up a lot for me about how I could maybe, and our family could change a life. And, uh, about a month later, we were, we were struggling. We were going through a hard time. Polly had passed away, and it was during the holidays, and it really didn't feel like Christmas. And, and Julie tricked me. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. She uh, said that there was a great Christmas special on that night that Martina McBride was on, and we needed to watch it together, and it was going to be, you know, kind of get us in the mood for Christmas. And it was uh, Dave Thomas of Wendy's was a founder, and he's big into adoption. And it was an adoption special. And different artists came and sang, but they also had different families give their testimony as adoption. And I really think that kind of sealed the, the deal for me, that we decided that that was something that, that we wanted to do. So um, I say all that to say that I was the furthest away from adoption that you could be. And because of just an awareness at this service and this Sunday, and just being open to maybe what God wanted for our family. See, God knew that we were going to adopt before I was even born. And he knew I was going to come along. It's just his pace and maybe the pace that I didn't understand. So there may be people sitting in this audience right now that feel exactly like I did three years ago. And all I'm saying is, truthfully, adoption may not be for everyone. But don't close yourself off to that. Be open to that. And like Buddy said, and Howard Todd said, and so many different people said, there's so many different ways to help. Financially, there's, there's, a, there's a way, there's a, many a family in this church alone that do tremendous work with foster care. And they need a break sometimes. And there's a tremendous way to do that called respite care where just a weekend you can get licensed to take in a child and give a family that you know a break for a weekend. So there's hundreds of ways to help. And I'm, I'm pleading with you today just to, to think about that, have it on your heart. It does, it changes lives. It changed our life. You think that it changes the life of the child that you adopt, and it really changes your life. That one decision, how the domino effect can just happen. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not thankful that I changed my mind or that I was open to that when I look at Josh. It's not easy. There's times it's not easy. It's not easy with your own children, but what a blessing, and uh, I'm just so thankful. I couldn't think of my life or our lives without him. 
So uh, thank you for, for listening to that, being open to that as I pray over our collection. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you have adopted us into your life, into your family, and that we're all adopted. Lord, I'm thankful for your divine hand on decisions, eternal decisions that are made in people's lives that change lives forever. And I ask that if there's someone out there today in this audience that you could prick their heart or that they are open and, and accepting to maybe the thought process of adopting, that you do that, Father. As Buddy mentioned, we just want to change lives one, one child at a time. It's overwhelming to think of 153 million orphans in this world, and just one makes a difference. I ask a special blessing over this collection that people open their hearts and their wallets to do your work. I'm thankful for this church family, what it means to our family, and the role it's played in just everything that is so great and wonderful in our lives it's been such a part of for such a long time. Thank you for Josh and thank you for our family and all the families out there that give and decide that they want to make a difference in a child's life. I thank you for your son that chose to die on the cross for us and to save our souls. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll prepare now um, for us to continue to be able to respond. And we're going to give you lots of opportunities to respond today. We, we call this series Body in Motion, and we're going to make room for a lot of motion over the next few moments. I'll, I'll bring up the four representatives of uh, Agape and our adoption care that are going to be up here in front for you to come to and to sign up or to receive a brochure. Uh, who's representing uh, the Agape Care Club? If they would come on up here. Okay, come on, Doug. You just come stand here. Doug's going to have a sign, I believe, that's up here for him to hold up. The Agape Care Club is just an easy way for you to be able to sign up, maybe just to give $10 a month to be a part of this great, great ministry. And then there may be some of you who'd like to sign a sign-up list today to provide meals for families. If you'd come up and just stand down here, who's representing the meals for families? Okay, come on, come on down. And um, if you'll just stand there. And uh, that you'll be able to be blessed. Okay, I think that's Joel and our little man there. All right. Okay, get y'all. I think there's a sign for you guys here or somewhere up front here. And um, this is just a sign up to say, you know, when a baby comes home or families need some help, we'll be a part of providing meals. Uh, the Father's Heart Closet. I've mentioned that's one of our newest. Who's going to be representing that up here today? All right. The Osbournes. And, and what they're going to have for you today is a bag. And our goal is for 50 people today to take one of these bags. And these are some specific items that we need in the Father's Heart closet. So all you got to do is come up here. There's a list stapled to the bag. And you take one of those bags and you fill it up. And next Sunday, we're going to fill this uh, stage up with clothes. And that'll be a part of that. And you would come and get that bag. And then one other thing, maybe today you are pricked or just thinking or just praying about becoming a foster parent or adoptive parents. Uh, who's who's going to represent that this morning? Okay. Which family's got that? Okay, here we go. The Chapmans. And uh, what they would give you, if you come forward to them, would they would just simply give you a brochure that would tell you about an informational meeting that's going to happen soon if you'd just like to get more information. So all, all of you guys, if y'all go ahead and get your signs and stand up front here as we prepare to sing in just a moment. Come on up and stand. If you would, go ahead and come over here and stand. I want them to see where you are. 
So when they come, they don't get too confused, okay? So just stand here, then hold your sign up so people can see. Come on a little closer, Don, if you come up. Man, I know you don't want to be here, but we need, we, we need you here. Okay, now we're going to sing for a while, so you're going to have plenty of time to come up here. If you need to go to more than one group, you come up here. Whether you want to give, uh, get a bag for the Father's Heart Closet and get those, those clothing items, or you want to be to take meals, or you want to be the one that just needs some more information today, or you want to join this Agape Care Club. Because here's the beautiful thing about everything we're saying today. God had all kinds of options when he came after us. I heard a young man in a life group say this week, said, you know, and of course this is his terminology, God didn't have to come to the earth. He could have just FaceTimed all of us at the same time. And maybe to bring some of the rest of you, he could have showed up on every TV screen in the world or every computer screen. And he could have just shared a message. But that's not what God wanted to do. God wanted to come to this earth. He wanted to be able to look you in the eye and express his love. He wanted to be able to to touch you and for you to be able to touch him. He wanted to be able to get down and wash the grimy feet of his disciples. He wanted to be able to hold the babies. And that's why he came. He didn't just send us a message. He didn't just appear in the sky. And it's his body. We can buy TV time and we can give tracks out and we can send messages out on email. But God's got a much better plan. It's for us to be his very body. God wants us to be able to look people in the eye and express love. God wants us to be able to touch people and them to touch us. God wants us to be able to wash people's feet. God wants us to hold the babies. And so today, we have just another great opportunity to be the body of Christ. Don't be shy. If you want to find out about one of these things or sign up, come on down. But also, I want to invite people to maybe meet me on the front row. Maybe the first thing that needs to happen in your heart to start this movement is you've got to accept your adoption in Christ. Maybe you just thought about it in justification, salvation terms, and, and though you know God's grace has covered you, you don't feel close to God. You can't even imagine calling him daddy. And yet that's what adoption means. And today, maybe what you need to do is to come before the church and say, guys, I need you to pray for me that I can embrace this idea of adoption in Christ and that I'm a full heir with my big brother Jesus. Or maybe today you've never been adopted into God's family and you want to be born into that family today through baptism. Whatever way you'd like to respond, there's lots of ways to respond today. Don't be shy. Don't hold back. We've got plenty of time. Come do what you need to do while we stand together and sing.